At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my friends. It's Isabella Lombikir, the World Messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. And you are for the treat who I have with me here in studio today, joining me directly from UK with tremendous message. So buckle up, champions, because we're speaking with Dr. Oleg Konovalov. He is sharing uh, some of his profound lessons in life and business. He's known as one of the top coaches in the world that he is helping and serving C-suite executives. Obviously, he's speaker. He is published author of phenomenal books, all related to leadership and life lessons. He's very visionary. And the best part, he's also involved with Tinkers 50, Tinkers um, group that are really showing what's coming, not only in culture and leadership, but everything else that we do in business. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Dr. Alec Konovo. Alec, how are you? Isabella, it all sounds so great, but thank you for inviting me. You know, all those accolades, they're fun. Remember, if we look from the perspective of legacy, Every achievement is a responsibility. It's not just a badge. It's expectation of people to, that I will do more. Uh, or I would leave something more behind or will create greater value. Uh, this is not about shining to my son and saying, yeah, you see how great I was. No, it's about being responsible how much I would leave behind myself for him. And that is critical. It's all about responsibility. That is so powerful. And when we talk about responsibility in current times, what shifts do you see that are occurring and happening? And where do you think leadership, specifically in C-suite, that are in charge, not only of billions and billions of dollars, enterprises, but also hundreds and thousands of people in wide range uh, industries, obviously, in parts of, of the world, um, what would you suggest for them to just pause and look at? You see, uh, first of all, we talk about leaders or managing companies. That would be quite a bit of a difference. Managers are responsible for the present and leaders are responsible for the future. And my area is vision and vision leadership is purely about creating the future for people. In simple terms, vision is our collective understanding how the future would look like, how we will get there and how we would live there. Mm. This is about mindset. This is very much about shifting the focus for creating better future. It's not about repeating the same mistakes. It's not about repeating the same patterns, what we did before. No, it's about making. Uh, more or less, in the simple terms, all of us are writing 
lines or even paragraphs in the history of human evolution. But the thing is, we don't have a chance to read those lines. But our kids will read those lines. And we are living artifacts for them. I don't want to be a bad artifact. I want to be something valuable. <laughs> you know, uh, even if even I wouldn't be witnessing them reading those lines. But I want them to enjoy it. If we talk about the modern corporate world, which is mainly looking into the reports, deadlines, and things like that, you can't leave a deadline as a legacy. Mm. Life is about being meaningful, right? And when we talk about reports, achievements, profits, we talk about money, but money can't buy a meaning. You must have a vision, and that vision you will pass as a as great legacy to the next generations. If someone passes away, his kids hardly remember the house which was left behind, or how much money was left behind on at the account but they will remember lessons. They will remember these lessons every day. So it's about creating that substance that we could pass to the next generation. If we're talking about managing only the present, we have no substance to leave behind. We have only a rush. Yes. Rush is not a good legacy. Mm. When we speed, you spot on, uh, we neglect to really not only take people with us, so that's not leading, right? Uh, but then also understanding what, what, what we're aiming at and what its ultimately collective goal and objective. And a lot of times we leave as a result people behind when it's not collectively shared vision or where it's not intentional or also very specific so the people can also get behind it. And that's why we see a lot of shifts in culturally right now. And I'm sure as a coach that is supporting so many in C-suite, I'm curious, first of all, how did you get into that space? And um, how do you see coaching and advising shifted and changed from lens of leadership, obviously, and leg uh, legacy in the last few decades? First of all, my area of coaching is very specific because it's not about how good you are for today. We're all ideal for today. We're all very good for today, ideal. But how good we are for tomorrow, it's, it's a big question mark. And therefore, I'm helping people to be great for tomorrow challenges. Mm -hmm. So it's about helping people to think into the future and be strong already there. And therefore, they will become strong for today. The shift in coaching is very interesting. Because actually, leadership coaching... Uh, 
which was brought up about 40 years ago by Marshall Goldsmith, and it was gradually developing, developing, developing. It wasn't so widespread as today. And many people are still looking into the how good I am now. Another part of coaching is very much related to some kind of a psychology in a way how good I was yesterday. There is no yesterday, there is no today. If you don't understand, where do you go? Because there is no benchmark. And finding a peace with yourself in your past, we are all humans, we made mistakes, and therefore we're creating better future. Future is the greatest opportunity for us to do something better than we have done before. And therefore, the space, for instance, I have trained more than 100 of coaches, certified more than 100 coaches from 40 countries so far, because mm -hmm. the demand is growing. The people want to be masters of the future, not the victims of it. And yes. the shift is, is there. Of course, there are so many coaches that's trying to say, yeah, you need to be good at this or at this. But if you don't understand for what you want to be good, you wouldn't really, you wouldn't make that difference. Mm. It's how to tell you. If you want to justify that you're okay, go to psychologist. If you want to be to win the next Olympic Games, you must think about Olympic Games after that. Find the future. That's where we're coming strong. Preparing and positioning for the future, and then also having the clear vision, right? Um, so I'm curious, um, you mentioned how things obviously changed us, you know, over time, and, and now it's so much broader utilization and need and demand, a wide range of coaches and skills. But also when we look at here, we never had a, so many competing agendas and topics and decision making. So I also see such a high increase of leadership needing strong strategic advisors and strategic partners. Um, either it's to decide about new technology, either it's about to decide different priorities, or just to have a support depending on what's going on in their industry and how it's affected on global scale. So any uh, perspective on that that you can share, how do you see uh, where shift is going? And, and since you're a visionary leader, uh, where, where should we pay attention? Where should we looking at as our North Star and uh, position for that success? Isabella, here we are facing a very interesting issue. We today leaders are paying for the mistakes of the corporations from the 50s or 60s of the last century because people were brainwashed that they must look only the today. It's not their role to think strategically. It's only for a few selected or gifted. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that but, <clears throat> but uh, issue is revealed in our generation 
within our generation and we are paying for it now. And therefore we must quickly or as promptly as possible to develop those competencies, strategy, vision, people. We are not looking at that into processes with such attention as used to be because we understood processes is something that people create. And where do we lead people is important because otherwise we are blind leaders. So we're paying for the mistakes of the previous generations. Mm. In this sense, we are in a rush to employ consultants, coaches, who would help us to get out of that problem. And if you look at it through the business education system, it still is not up to the up to the date how to develop those leaders. Yes. Uh, we're still facing a huge issue of successes. And here comes a difference. For instance, I do work with Arab countries. They do tremendous work specifically about successes. And when we talk, for instance, people from Saudi Arabia or from Bahrain or Arab Emirates, they're very serious about successes. For them, succession is not just tick a box. In Europe and in the States, it's still more of an issue of tick a box. We have successor planning? Yeah, good. It's just a plan. So the next generation will be paying for our mistakes. It's very yes, we're paying for the mistakes of those previous corporations. We're paying now. We're feeling ourselves how dear it is. So the next generation will pay for our mistakes. Mm. Therefore, coaching must be a bit more advanced if you want to be remembered well. Mm. So interesting. How do you break the cycle, right? Because we want some positive things to impact future generations so they can just get hit the road running, right? But the things that might not be serving in the best interest, obviously, that needs to change, um, then that's going to take more and more time. And we're in this kind of vicious cycle in a way. But I'm glad that you pointed out how different cultures are more intentional because they also wanted to see progression, stability. And um, it seems like also um, with their future, uh, they're, they're so much focused also on the legacy. So do you mind sharing a little bit, what did you experience and what did you see how people approaching leadership and legacy um, differently in the different regions around the world where you worked? Just last week, I had interesting conversation with someone I know very well from Saudi Arabia. Our conversation was wrapped around wisdom. Exactly the same day, I had a conversation with someone from California. Mm. The conversation was wrapped around smartness. Smartness is not shareable. Even highly praised in the, in the West. Mm. 
you can't share your smartness, but wisdom is shareable. Wow. And that is a very big thing for many cultures. They see, uh, they want, the, pro, the, the request was simple. I want to be a wise leader. I don't, you know, we're all smart. Yes. Thanks to Google or AI, where even we could we pretend that we could look smarter because we could quickly tap something on a screen and get any information. I am smart. I know about that fact. Mm -hmm. It's just smartness. No one cares. You can't share it. Mm -hmm. But how to find solutions is very much about being wise. Mm -hmm. Therefore, approach is different. Wow. We um, both have experience of Finland. You remember old fairy tales, Scandinavian, yes. old sagas. Yes. All about not being tricky and cunning like a fox. It's about being wise. Mm. That's a little thing that we're not paying attention, but it makes a huge difference. If you want to be a mother of a house, it's not about being clever, it's about being wise. Or father of a house, it's still about being wise. If you want to be a great leader, it's about being wise. Mm. So, again, again, we are misleading the next generation. We're insisting them to repeat our mistake. How to learn how to be smart. Instead of telling them, guys, learn how to be wise. Wow. That is huge distinction. And I think for everybody watching and listening, what the Dr. Alec has to share, um, wisdom is, as you said, shared in stories, in sagas. It's beautiful learning lessons and opportunity for others to think. And wisdom we acquire over years of experience as well, right? We become wiser versus just knowledgeable and, and, and capable of sharing information. And question is, what information is worth sharing? And I love your points because it's not only in our daily life and individually, but also collectively, but also, of course, in a working environment. And um, yeah. Isabella, think how many people are good at making conclusions? They're watching movies, they're reading books, they're reading articles. And if you would ask, majority of people have difficulty making conclusions, what they have learned. Yes. They are smart to say that, 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 but they are not looking into the essence and therefore they have difficulty making true conclusions and drain the, draw the lessons out of whatever the case. But if mm -hmm. they're wise, they're getting to a point. Aha, uh -huh, that's maybe one or two simple lines, but there would be the essence what they have learned. And that is more important than, than piles of bullet points. You wouldn't surprise anyone today with your bullet points at your PowerPoint presentation because people are good at this. And even 
it's a very trendy to, to add as much as possible bullet points, but it's about showing that you are smart and therefore those things are becoming exceptionally complicated. Another thing is we're all trained to how to make things complicated. No one of us was trained how to make things <laughs> in a simple way. And I will tell you, you know, uh, we both have experience of Scandinavia and, you know, I love this salmon fly fishing in Arctic. Tying mm -hmm. knots is one of the basics of fishing. But tying the less knots is a mastery of fishing because mm -hmm. every knot on your fishing line takes, well, a good portion of your fishing line strands, like old-fashioned nylon loses about 50% of its strains on every knot. In even more than top-notch or carbon loses 15-20%. So wisdom, simplicity. If you make things simple, elegant, it will go. It will be easy to share. It's mm -hmm. easy to execute, easy to do, easy for people to understand. I love that. I love that because you're right. And, and I have to say, education has to do a lot with that. Both of us also have an educator background and, and spent a lot of time in education field uh, and obviously educating now adults, right? <laughs> in different ways, uh, through coaching and, and different avenues. But I have to say, um, we're programmed and trained to think that can be simply simple solution uh, for the complex issues. It's just, uh, it just has to be, just has to be something bigger than that, right? And I would be in challenge so many times when I would just say that simplicity or very simple answer or very simple step uh, needs to happen. And that's gonna naturally then unfold the rest of it. And I'm curious, um, how often do you get into those situations when people just simply cannot accept the simple answer, simple solution or just simplicity in approach it's actually the solution itself that they're looking for. And I will tell you, it's all the time is a challenge because for instance, if kind of a company asking me for consulting arrangement and I'm telling, okay, guys, my report would be short. You know, the essence would be like a couple of pages. The rest is explanation, 10 pages max. No, it doesn't work. It should be like sick document. Look. The Bible was written many years ago. I don't about to write a Bible for you. You wouldn't read it. I'm about the essence. And if you can't deliver that essence within a few pages or even one or two pages, that means you don't understand what you do. And then they're just, oh yeah, you're right. You know, for them, it's just like, like a, a rusty gearbox that's gradually switching it to it. Yes. It, it's a challenge. It's a normal challenge. Mm. that is so interesting 
And obviously you've been um, very humble about so many awards and accolades you won. Um, and as a, as a tinker of the year, as a top coach in the world to Marshall Goldsmith coaching and our platforms uh, where people truly are always looking and seeking the best coaches in the world. But you obviously learned with all the wisdom and years of experience um, how to present complex issues and how to solve them, depict them, and also um, able to share with others. So as we look at this, um, what you find to be crucial with everything that is uh, happening today, and I love what you earlier said, management is what's going on today, leadership of what's happening tomorrow. So without focusing on leadership and tomorrow, what would you recommend for leaders and everybody to want to lead better or step into leadership, what they needed to do to prepare better for the leading in the future? It's all about mindset. And I'll put it in a simple way. There is a space between the present and the future for which leaders are accountable for. And the essence of this space defines the leader's mindset. Mm -hmm. So the first thing, you must develop that mindset that allows you to think about the present from the future standpoint. Because you're creating future or vision is not a point it's a space where we would live where we would create a value for others and we would gain something for ourselves and therefore it's very much about how we all think when we talk about human evolution it's not about how long or short tales we will have it's about mm. the, how we will think about something that would allow us to use technologies or build better relationships. It's all about mindset. Mindset redevelopment is one of the toughest challenges in coaching. And therefore, coach must be very good to help someone to recreate that mindset into something tremendous. If you think, for instance, in terms of football, a team at the first league, they, they could run on a pitch with uh, the same as a team from a Premier League. They know the same tricks with the balls, but the way they play is defined how they think as a team their mindset is very different. Physically, they are the same in physical terms. Mm -hmm. The way they think defines in which league they are. I strongly believe that leaders of, say, quote, good leaders of the future would be better than great leaders of today. Mm -hmm. If we put effort into their development today. They're born now and we must give them all those appropriate skills and competences now. Mm. That is our obligation. 
we we've seen a lot of gap right now in in the, that space in terms of skills and um obviously you know we're even to lead in the future if we're already in present moment lacking a lot um that is definitely there a huge sense of urgency and you're one of those leaders who is living already your legacy and leading with your legacy and obviously carved tremendous legacy that is going to be left behind through your books, through your writing, through your uh, coaching and training you conduct and speaking uh, so that it's already creating tremendous ripple effect on global scale. Um, but I'm curious, um, with everything you already accomplished, what is, first of all, <laughs> what is left in your bucket list? What would you like to do? And then also, uh, what would you like your legacy to be intentionally as you are you still developing and shaping and expanding on? Well, the, the higher you climb, the further you see. And so, of course, I see areas for exploring that field of vision further and further and further and making it even more practical. That's great. I have a little son, he's six and a half years old, and I started writing some kind of a book for him. When he would be 16, I want to print out this book and give him as a birthday gift. Mm. And this is not my story, it's purely lessons for him to gain. Because I don't know, look, it's in, in the God's hands how many days or years I would live. But this is something for him to flip through the pages and say, hey, okay, it's about drinking, it's about using money, it's about taking care of the nature, it's about how, you know, pay the most attention or care of your wife or something like that. I believe it would be more valuable than a computer game. Mm, absolutely absolutely and also obviously you have behind you cover one of your many books that are being very <laughs> well respected in the leadership world so uh, I, speaking of that it's so great that you're already intentionally thinking what your son can benefit from and obviously hopefully other children so to start early to make them think and know how to think right and as a result know how to make a good decisions and good choices and be better of uh, early ages, but I'm curious how those books, um, including the vision book that you have behind you is uh, Vision Code is also shaping um, based on what you're seeing right now. When you're creating vision, it's, yeah, of course, it's very much important what kind of vision you'll create, how great it is. But what's more important, how your vision will impact you because you inspire to create a vision, then you're creating a vision, then your vision inspires you and others around you. It's a very interesting effect. Your vision makes you greater. Mm. You're creating great vision, and that vision makes you greater. Mm. That's, that's so powerful. Again, very simple, but it's very deep and powerful. Thank you. And for people that want to look at your books and publications, you have a lot of them on your website, but you also have them on your, on, on Amazon, where they could go yeah. and get it. 
Oh yeah, the books available at Amazon, even at some shops around the globe, because I'm getting messages like from Malaysia, we bought it in the shop. Okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but Amazon is probably the easiest to, to get access to and has been translated into different languages so they could find the vision code. And uh, it's another book coming we wrote together with my colleague and friend, John Spence, we wrote the book, Minecrafting. It's more or less how to think, how to think vision strategy in people. Mm. And, you know, in other words, it's about lessons from fishing. So I do, I continue doing this work because if you're into something great, it inspires you. It keeps you driving. It keeps you. It keeps you young. Yes. So it keeps passion going, and and time then flies. But having fun, what you what you love to do, versus feeling stuck or bored or or unclear. And it's great to be in that flow. And you definitely know how to keep not only yourself but people around you in that flow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because. It's not about you or me. It's about what you do for others. And people get excited. Oh, cool. We will get it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And for you being here on the Legacy Leader Show and obviously talking about uh, two concepts that are, I'm sure, very resonating with you based on seeing your work, uh, which is also obviously not only just the leadership and vision of leadership, but intention behind the leadership and ultimately carving the legacy for everybody that are still unclear, unsure who they are, what they want to do and how they fit in this huge world or just simply um, tap into their own greater good to uh, to impact others. What would you say? Where would you say where to start, if nothing else, so that that can be great starting point? It's very simple. Isabella, vision or living meaningful life is not a choice. It's a decision. Mm -hmm. If you're good to make that decision, you will have it. The difference between vision, a decision and a choice is very simple. Choice doesn't assume commitment or responsibility. Decision assumes commitment and responsibility. If you're thinking about legacy, it's your commitment and your responsibility. It's not a choice. Mm. You're making choice on some other things. But here we talk about different level. It's like getting married. It's a decision. It's not a choice. Mm. Choice is at McDonald's. Mm. If you're prepared to make such a decision, you would leave a great legacy. Mm. Wow. Love it. Thank Simple. you. Thank you so much for sharing this with us um, on the Legacy Leader Show. It was an absolute pleasure having you. And for everyone that wants to get in touch with you, where do they go to uh, oh. if they want to explore, ask questions or work with you? <laughs> Isabella, as you know, I'm quite uh, quite good at responding at my LinkedIn messages, you know, just like yes. uh, you could go on my website, olekkonavalov.com, and here's a form how to contact me get my email oleg at olegkanavalov.com or you could find my latest articles uh, on that website what I do or about my books so happy to collaborate happy to help
Fantastic. Um, wishing you ongoing massive success. We're going to definitely bring you back down the road again. And <laughs> know that a lot of more great books are coming and more amazing work i can't wait to see for everyone else to benefit from but please go connect directly and i look forward to seeing what is coming next <laughs> that is a most interesting question because vision is like a great novel it has to be continued <laughs> yes to be continued <laughs> thank you Isabella thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show if you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience then please leave us a positive rating in addition leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer cheers cheers